Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. So apparently I, I'm on a Asian zombie, uh, you know, kick right now. So I got another one for you. This one is uh, Japanese this time around, and it is called Zom 100. Zom 100. It's on Netflix. Go ahead and watch it. I'll wait. It's only two hours. It's not a whole series. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a series at first, uh, but then I found it was a movie and it was based on a manga. And it was another one of those uh, your own culture uh, projected back at you. So, you know, except even in a more uh, visceral way. Uh, <laughs> so, the the premise of course uh was zombies and it starred uh this uh you know the hero his his name is akira and probably no relation to the weird 80s bloated tentacly akira uh anime <laughs> i'm guessing uh, but uh so anyways uh so he he akira starts the movie off where he's basically in a really crappy job with really terrible bosses and you know they're working him to death and not thanking him and you know basically he has a really crappy job and and then he doesn't want to quit it because it's his first job out of college and he would feel like a failure and you know that's <laughs> uh, about as deep as it gets and and then the zombie apocalypse happens and then uh very early on in the zombie apocalypse, he realizes that he doesn't have to go to work that day. <laughs> so <laughs> his epiphany is he doesn't have to work. So he decides to write a list of a hundred things he would do uh, before he gets eaten by the zombie. So he, he pretty much knows he's going to get killed by zombies one day. 
Uh, so why not make a bucket list? <laughs> and then he could go ahead and, and, and do his bucket list. So this is where I'm going to say, once again, it's it's probably a comedy. And I say probably a comedy. No, it is a comedy. Just it's, you know, once again, a, a comedy where culturally I'm not of the culture. So there were moments that were funny, but there was also moments that were reflected back upon <laughs> upon me so um so the one way that it was sort of american culture looking at itself in a mirror that's what i felt you know <laughs> i'm looking at you know uh <laughs> it's a weird metaphor so <laughs> let me see if i could explain what i meant by that so you know you you have your image in the mirror and i don't know if you've ever had this weird thought but you know what if that image of the mirror was actually just another you looking at you in sort of a mirror world i'm sure we probably all had that thought you know when we're kids or something like like what if we just were two people that just happened to walk in the same <laughs> weird portal room at the same time and, and see each other and then walk away and 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 that's what what happens in a mirror so this would be like going to a mirror seeing something that looks like you but then it stops being a mirror and starts being a movie <laughs> and that weird mirror you is culturally like you but also kind of weird like somebody else is just making it up and and they're not of your same culture that's that's what i mean by <laughs> by that metaphor it probably still makes no sense but for some reason it makes sense to me so uh <laughs> the the cultural moment is that i'm talking about is uh the guy the main character akira used to play football in college and and his best friend also played football in college and i'm not and i'm not talking european you know football world cup i'm talking like american red-blooded american football with with an oblong ball and football helmets <laughs> uh and you know i, I i'm going to tell you now I really don't know anything about football. My my family liked football growing up, but I liked Mystery Science Theater 3000 more. <laughs> so upstairs, my family was watching like football and, and, and downstairs, I was on the old 1970s TV set that had giant big dials, little knobs banging on the side of it <laughs> when it would go snowy because i wanted to watch mystery science theater 3000 on a cable box by the way that you had to actually like click channels you know like that's all it had it was a box with like a digital display that had you know channel numbers that's it <laughs> and the remote was like off on up down <laughs> that was it <laughs> uh, but yeah that was what i watched mystery science theater 3000 on and it was a uh, you know, that was what I was doing instead of watching football. So anyways, I don't know anything about football, but I've seen enough movies. I know enough pop culture that I kind of generally know about it. But this is where I find Zom 100 really funny. The main character, uh, since he used to play football in college, keeps doing like football-y things throughout the movie. So <laughs> like, for example, whenever he's running through you know a field of zombies he's always doing it like a football player like he's you know dodging people but then also colliding directly into them and throwing them off of him you know 
like like a football player. <laughs> like, like I don't know what they're doing when they do that. Maybe someone knows about football could tell me that part. But I know when they're running, <laughs> like I've seen enough movies to know they dodge people and run into people and flip them over their shoulders. And I don't know, it, it, <laughs> it was kind of funny. But then you realize uh, that his best friend, you know, lost them their big championship. And, and I appreciate that they call it a big championship. Because obviously, in Japan, no one knows <laughs> what the big football college game is. The funny thing is, I don't even know myself what that is. <laughs> it's the football college championship, whatever that is. <laughs> obviously, the, either the filmmaker knew and thought no one in Japan would know or care, or <laughs> the filmmaker didn't know and just said, there's obviously some football championship in America. That happens, I think. <laughs> so anyways, whatever championship that is, they lose because his friend wouldn't pass him the ball. So, like, you know, he was like, you gotta pass it, and he didn't, and then got tackled, and the other team won. And what was really funny is there's a brief moment where they show the other team partying, and they really did get, like, American-looking people to the party scene. I don't know if they were using stock footage or literally just got a bunch of American extras, but the uh, the funny part about all the football scenes is they obviously take place in some sort of Japanese sports arena. I don't know if they have any football fields in Japan, but I they probably have sports arenas. And, and the reason I know is because there's advertisements on, on the wall, like you see in, in football arenas, and and uh those advertisements uh are in japanese i mean they're blurred out you can't really read what they're saying but you know the shape of japanese versus american lettering you know it's very e easy to spot even blurred out uh <laughs> and so i find that kind of funny uh that it, it's supposed to be what happened in america i mean of course it's going to be all filmed in japan i mean it would be really expensive for them to film one dumb scene to be on a real football field so obviously they're going to do that but i just you know it it, it it that kind of stuff takes me out of the moment when you're supposed to be in one place and they're obviously filming it in another uh that used to happen to me all the time with stuff filmed in albuquerque and it, it still does for stuff filmed in albuquerque because i grew up in albuquerque i spent 35 years of my life in Albuquerque. So there are times when I'm watching something and, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Oh, that's Albuquerque. Like, like I think my favorite Albuquerque moment was in this series called daybreak. And, uh, the two main characters are sitting on a parking garage overlooking, you know, the city. And what I love about that scene is I used to go on that parking garage and it was also one of the, I like, so the person who's my wife now on our, like, I think it was our second date, maybe, maybe it was our, I don't know, third, I don't know. <laughs> it was some date very, very early on where I took her to that parking garage and we went to the top of it and, and probably sat in the same place that they'd filmed that shot, like watching the city. And so like, you know, there was a personal, connection to that view and that particular parking garage uh my wife thinks it's kind of funny that i took her to a parking garage you know <laughs> uh in in the early dating process but anyways 
that's what happens when I, to me, when I see something that's filmed somewhere else, very obviously, but is it claims in the narrative that it's <laughs> that it's in this other place. So obviously filmed in Japan, but supposed to take place in America, those football moments. Uh, and so I, I don't know, I think <laughs> I know it's kind of it's kind of a, a funny thing to to look at, but I don't it, it's just interesting for me. And and the really the reason why I find it interesting is that uh, when you have <laughs> someone like showing their cultural understanding of your culture, it, it would be like me showing my understanding of, of theirs. <laughs> you know, like it would be like if I had a uh, you know a, a character in one of my stories that was you know. Japanese or something and and you know I I did have a a character who was Chinese but I very deliberately made him American <laughs> his father was full on you know born in China spoke Mandarin and all that kind of stuff but the character himself you know was was born in China but moved as a young baby to the United States <laughs> to Montana specifically and that was my tuners. You probably might have, uh, I think I read that one first. So maybe longtime listeners might remember tuners. But yeah, I had a, a, a character from China, but I deliberately made him from America for most of his life. So I can not have to understand <laughs> Chinese culture like Chinese people understand Chinese culture. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, I, I, I kind of have to do is is make my characters, and most of them, I would say. I mean, Mackie Arnick's British, but you know, <laughs> he's also British from, you know, very very far in the future. So I, you know, expectations of culture can be completely different. But uh, you know, when it comes to uh, me writing other cultures, I try to you know stay away from it, uh, unless it's a you know. <laughs> an American who happens to have an immigrant uh, parent. And and I, I think I could do immigrant parents pretty well because I, my my parents weren't immigrants, but my grandparents were. So, you know, I, I do have stories <laughs> from my from my mom, you know, about how she was raised, you know, even though she was born in America, she, you know, grew up speaking Polish, right? <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, had just <laughs> the immigrant parents, right? And 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 so lots of fun stories with that. Uh, so I I feel those characters I can write. But uh, anyways, uh, wow, I'm I'm digressing way from from Zom 100. So let, let's we'll take a right turn, a abrupt right turn, get back on this highway, and there we go. We're <laughs> merged back into traffic and and Zom 100. So anyways, uh, it's about this guy you know crappy job <laughs> does a hundred of his uh things that he wants to do and 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 so he he writes this list and you know some things sound like oh it's impossible he'll never do that and 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 one was you know get drunk and and flirt with a stewardess <laughs> you know with a airline stewardess which was kind of preposterous, right? Because he's in the zombie apocalypse. What what are the chances they'll get on a plane? Well, you know, later on, he gets stuck in a convenience store with two stewardesses, 
and they start popping whiskey and wine bottles and start flirting with each other and then turn into zombies and try and eat each other. Uh, <laughs> so, so, you know, he is able to actually check that one off. And, and generally speaking, no matter how silly it is, he eventually does check it off. Uh, but you know, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously because it, it only gets to maybe about 20 <laughs> of a hundred. And they even like point that out in the movie, the, one of the characters sees his list and is like, you only have like 15 things on here. And he's like, I'm making it up as I go along. And I, I, I did like the Akira as a main character. I, I thought he was a very enduring human being, uh, very endearing. I mean, he was enduring too with his job, but he was a uh, very endearing. I, I, the reason I, I liked him on as a character is because the, the, the premise that kind of kept him going was there was something hard that he had to do that he knew he could die doing it. And he basically said to himself, I would rather be eaten by zombies than not do this. <laughs> right? Like for him, it wasn't necessarily about living or dying. It was, what was the quality of life in between this moment and when he knows he would eventually die? Right? Was he going to spend his time avoiding things, being miserable, or was he going to live life to its fullest because he knew he had a limited time left? It, it's quite profound, actually, when you get to it. So it 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 it's funny that it it starts off you don't think it's going to have a really a profoundness to it, but it does really. It does. It it kind of talks about a, a philosophy of of life, really, of of, of saying like you know, do you. Uh, try to avoid death at all costs and not live your life by doing that? Or do you, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, know you are going to die one day, so why not take risks to do stuff that you want to do? And so thus the, I'd rather be eaten by zombies. <laughs> so he, 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 you know, anyways, he, he does that. He saves his friend and he eventually convinces a, a you know, a girl, a, a cute girl that he sees, you know, like, like that you could, I, I think there's a romantic interest. I'm, I'm guessing if it's a manga that the story probably goes on a lot longer than the movie did. I mean, maybe <laughs> the manga gets through all 100, but what I, what I thought was interesting was there's a girl. I applied the title of romantic interest to it, but thinking back, she might not be a romantic interest, but just a friend you know, and, and not, and just a friend in a good way for both sides. They both like each other as friends. Like, <laughs> like there's nothing in the movie that says romantic interest. That's like me projecting my own <laughs> thoughts onto it, I think. But anyways, so he, you know, his best friend who, who eventually learns how to pass, you know, that whole football analogy comes back. And at the end, his, his friend, uh, has a moment just like in football where his other friend is about to be eaten by a zombie shark. Yes, there's a zombie shark. And how does it walk on land? It has human legs. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't think they thought too much about it now. But yes, you will see a zombie shark. But anyways, main guy's trying to get eaten by a zombie shark. 
the other guy is in a forklift, but he's also very afraid. And so it's just like the football pass. If he just drives the forklift into the zombie shark, he'll save his friend. Just like he could have won them the championship and he, he drives the forklift into the shark and saves his friend. And so he sort of passes the metaphorical ball. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, so he has these two buddies and, and they start doing things. And, and then kind of the, I guess, sweet moment at the end of the movie is he checks off this list, uh, become a superhero and save everyone. And essentially he does that via the zombie shark. Uh, the reason there is a zombie shark is because they go to the aquarium to get a bite suit. So there's this shark bite resistant suit that the aquarium is like saying, Oh, come see the shark bite resistant suit. And so they think, oh, well, if we just wear these shark bite resistant suits, the zombies won't bite us and we'll be fine, <laughs> you know? And so uh, that's how he becomes a superhero is because he's wearing that shark bite suit and saving people from zombies, uh, you know? So eventually he checks off, become a superhero and save everyone. And then at the end of the movie, they're all in an RV. Yes, and he was one of them. Uh, once again, very American in sensibility, right? Like have an RV trip. Uh, but so, uh, you know, he, he, the last thing he does is turn to his friends and ask his friends to add something to their 100 list because they're going to do it together. They're going to have a 100 things to do before they die from a zombie apocalypse. All right. <laughs> that was some 100. Thank you for being here. And yeah live life to its fullest. Have a good night.